it's that time once again for the Ticket Express Husker Doc Talk Podcast. This is the post-spring game production where, go figure, the Huskers won. I'm Travis Justice, (laughs) joined on the phone this week because he watched the spring game and then said, you know what, he saw the snow coming, so he decided to take off for warmer climate. Dr. Rob Zadiska, where am I speaking to you from tonight? I am actually... You know, I'm not even in Puerto Rico. Well, I guess technically Puerto Rico. The island of Viquez, small island off the coast of Puerto Rico. So as uh, we as we record this podcast, it is probably 35 degrees in Omaha, Nebraska. What is the Good temperature? Lord, is it really? It is. It's pretty cold. And there was snow on the ground this morning. Holy cow, I cannot believe that. So what is the temperature like where you're at? You know what? A little rain just drifted through, which kind of tanked the temperature down to it. It's a balmy, breezy 82 degrees. You suck donkey balls. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I, I'm literally sitting on, like, the deck of the hotel overlooking, well, I was going to say the ocean. I guess technically it's the Caribbean Sea. Is that it, a sea or is it the Caribbean Ocean? I, I believe it's the. Uh, it's a sea. It's not an okay, ocean. Okay, it's the Caribbean. How's yes. that? Yes, but yeah, it's 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 or, or, about eighty two degrees. Or is it an ocean right now? I, I, it's not an ocean, is it? Is it the Caribbean Ocean? It's the Caribbean. We're just going to leave it. At okay, that. we're just going to leave it there. Seafood, coconuts, other palm trees, <laughs> warm water. It's great. Are there any cats down there? I only asked because the highlight of the spring game really was Bo Pelini coming out of the tunnel walk with a cat. See, that's the thing. It's like you watch that. It's like there was a cast. There was a punt, pass, and kick contest. There was a marriage proposal during the punt, pass, and kick contest. <laughs> did, they, did they actually play a damn game? I think they did. Yes, they played a game. But you know what? I'm okay with that because you and I have talked extensively about how spring games are boring. Spring games are, are, are back in the good old days when I was watching you play and I was covering They would play them like a regular scrimmage by the time the fourth quarter rolled around. You're kind of bored. I like the fact that they I had added- the fourth quarter. It was like middle of the second quarter. They were usually <laughs> yanking the starters by them. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. It was played in a scrimmage format. I mean... That there wasn't a lot of excitement, but it was still an evaluation period. So, so you're not looking at this as an evaluation, then? You know, I, I I'm cracking wise a little bit about the uh, all, all the ancillary stuff associated with it. But hey, you know, truthfully, it's one of these situations where you know, if you're going to get seventy plus thousand people to show up for an event like this. You, you kind of got to put on a little bit of a show, and I totally understand that. And I, I you know, I for me being a little bit of a f- football purist, I'm actually okay with the fact that they went and did some things like this to kind of break things up, provide a little bit of entertainment. And I think it's good for the fans, and it's going to keep people coming back. Well, you're exactly right. You have over 60,000 there. And if you're going to have that many, you have to entertain them. It, it just can't be what it was in the old days, and that was a straight scrimmage because that became boring 
but and it was also free. We had fourteen thousand people there yeah. in the old days, and it was free, I believe, back then. I mean, if you're going to charge admission, you got to give some entertainment factor. And I'm glad Bo has a sense of humor. I thought the cat was a brilliant uh, uh, stroke of genius on his part to, to make fun of Faux Pellini. I think it's uh, it was a brilliant move. Uh, the this, the modified scoring system that they used offense against defense kept it somewhat entertaining. Um, so I, I, with with all the stuff they had going, I, I thought it was probably more fan fan friendly than we've ever seen. I agree, and I mean, you know, a lot of that goes back to just kind of the stuff you've seen with Pelini where, you, I mean, you see him, it's all friendly, but you see him Twitter sparring with fake Bo Pelini now, and it's one of these things that, for, from a public image standpoint, God, it can't hurt. Not I for mean, him, absolutely not. Still, yeah, I mean, he's still got kind of that image of sort of this gruff, I don't know, sir, almost surly personality, but when he comes out with this kind of stuff, you know, it kind of shakes stuff up a little bit, and I think people see a little bit of another side to the guy. Now, in last week's podcast, you had brought up the transfer situation, maybe. You threw it out there, which uh, the, the podcast blew up well over uh, almost, what, 2,000 listens last week. Uh, about I think jo- I scared some people. About Johnny Stanton. Johnny Stanton goes 8 of 12, 135 yards, two touchdowns. His longest was 48 yards. Right, or, uh, Riker Fife goes 9 of 12, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I think it was, what, five of six on his first half yeah. dozen. I, I, the truth is, let, let me ask you, because Tommy Armstrong is going to be a starting quarterback, right? Yeah. Do we really need to know who the number two is? Does Bo Pelini have to name a number two? Um, I, You know, given, given Pelini's history of occasional vagueness, and I guess I mean that in the sense of not naming – permanent team captains until the last year or so, holding off on awarding the black shirts till the end of the season. I mean, there's sort of this sort of a nonchalance about certain it's certain things, and some of these tend to be sort of time-honored traditions. You hand out the black shirts early, you've got team captains. You, you name a number two quarterback. You know, I don't think you need to. I think it's more for the number two guy's benefit than it is anybody else. I mean, he can basically just say, hey, listen, you know what? We're going with the co-number two, and that's just kind of the way it is. That's what I would and do if I was him. And just leave it at that. And that's what I would do if I was him, because then you got somebody saying, well, I'm third, I'm never going to move up. I'm never going to have a chance. I, I, I don't well, think... Well, and I agree with that. I, I you know, I got to be honest with you, after watching that spring game... You know, last week my comments about Johnny Stanton transferring, you know, that that was kind of tongue-in-cheek. No, but, but, but Not I think... Not 100%. But, but you know as well as I do. You know as well as I do. In today's day and age of what have you done for me lately, I want playing yeah, time. Well, you, you have to consider that. Well, and here, here's the thing. I, I, I'm saying that as a prelude to what I'm saying now, which after watching that game, I'm more worried. I, I don't know if worried's the right word, but... I kind of wonder about him transferring now. You know, we're, we're last week I was kind of tongue-in-cheek. This week I'm sitting here post-spring game going, huh, I, I really wonder if this guy might be better suited going someplace else to try his hand. Now, why would and you the say reason that? I, the reason I say that is it's kind of twofold. One, I really thought Armstrong looked good. 
I thought he looked good running the ball. I know that kind of an ugly interception there. What was it, like three, four, five plays into the yeah. game? Where he just, I mean, he just drilled. Was it Jerry that he drilled on that interception? I thought it was Nathan Jerry. Anyway, but he, I, I thought Armstrong actually looked really good, especially running the ball. I mean, he still looks good running. And then the other thing is, is, Boy, Riker Fife, he's not a bad runner. The kid's quick. Is it easy to compare what you can do in a scrimmage in practice? Is there such thing as a gamer? I, I believe so. I mean, is, is it hard to do a, a really good evaluation of what these guys can do in practice as compared to a game? It's always you – know, it is, and it's – you know, it's one of these things where I think some guys get that reputation as a gamer – and I don't think it's necessarily a really fair representation of a guy who, quote-unquote, only shows up in games. You know, it's one of these things where practice and game tempo is so different no matter how hard you try. Even during a full-fledged scrimmage, a spring game situation, you know, when, you, when you're actually playing somebody in a different color jersey, it's different, and it always will be. So I don't know if calling guys being classic gamers is, I don't even, I think it's unfair to the guys who do show up only during games. You still got to perform in practice. You still got to go, you still got to have the routine down. You still can't make mistakes in practice. But yeah, there's going to be guys who are going to show up and play really well in a true game setting when you really go 100 miles an hour at full speed. There's guys who probably are going to look better in that situation. Now, I don't know if that specifically stands out for a guy like Armstrong versus a guy like Stanton, per se, or Riker Fife versus a guy like Stanton. But, you know, some guys do, and I thought Armstrong looked really good. I thought Fife looked really good. But I think he's, I mean, from all accounts, Fife has looked really good all spring long. I mean, you take another guy for that Brandon Riley at wide receiver. All reports had him playing just lights out the whole spring. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see once we get these guys in game action because, you know, I think Tommy Armstrong was doing some things right in practice last fall, not just in games to get that starting knot. Busted up foot of Taylor Martinez didn't hurt either. Dr. Rob Zadiska joins us on the Husker Doc Talk podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure to listen to the Husker Ticket Express Doc Talk radio show Friday nights from 6 to 7 on 1620 The Zone in Omaha. That goes, again, from 6 o'clock until 7 o'clock on 1620 The Zone. Friday nights, it's the Ticket Express Husker. It's not even a Husker because we go off everything. It's just the Doc Talk radio show. Amani Cross, six carries, 100 yards. Uh, that, was a, that was pretty much the day for him. Uh, Jordan Nelson, 11 carries, 54 yards. Terrell Newby, 16 carries, 52 yards. Uh, Riker Fife had five carries for 44 yards. Your impressions of the running game after the spring game? You know, I, I thought it was decent. Um, the, the defense seemed a little more disjointed stopping the run than I thought they'd be. Usually the classic thing is when you look at the spring practice, when you look at these scrimmages, now – the spring game, the offense is usually starting to get a little bit more rhythm. Uh, they're getting used to, I mean, if you've got new personnel in there, you're, you're getting used to new guys. You're getting used to the rhythm. You're getting that timing down. 
Overall, though, defense tends to dominate spring football. On the whole, just because it takes a while for the offense to get that rhythm down, and that's something that can really take all the way into the fall. And that rhythm, I think, is even more important in, the, in a running game than it is in a passing game. And when you got Nebraska running some of the zone read that you saw guys running when they're running that option, you know, that's even more of a timing-based type of situation that I think you really got to have that timing down to look good. I was a little bit surprised, and that's one of those things. i got to be honest with you. I, I don't know if I should be happy with how the offense is coming along. If you, if you saw the interviews of the guys after the spring game, I mean, all of those guys, Armstrong, Amani, Cross, the comments they were making, they were talking about, hey, we're, we're going to have the best offense in the Big Ten, which I, I hope it's that. My worry is, though, that they're still trying to kind of get the kinks worked out on this defense, especially on that defensive line up front. Defense had uh, three interceptions. That means the offense threw three picks. Uh, not – not great, but which and that was. I mean, I got to be honest. That, I, I think that was more the the offense launching bad passes. I mean, that first one that Armstrong had. I mean, but should people be? It, I, I mean, it, but should like people be concerned about that? Should people guy. should people be concerned about that? I mean, turnovers have been a problem. That they have again. See, this is the reason I hate spring football so much. It's so hard to get spring football. We're talking about practice here, Travis. Practice. <laughs> Amen, brother. Um, so it's, you know, you want to have that timing down. You don't want to have those mistakes. Yeah, it's probably a little bit concerning, especially when you consider the fact that Armstrong's only going to be a sophomore. I mean, everybody looks at this kid as, wow, we got a returning starting quarterback in Tommy Armstrong. Yeah, he's still a sophomore. So he's still pretty young. He's still kind of getting the hang of things. And so, but even Armstrong in his comments after the game made the point that, you know what, came out, it was a bad play, it was on me. We kind of got our heads on straight and took care of business after that, which they did. Yeah, I mean, he had a nice pass later there to Brandon Riley. I think it was like a 45-50 yarder there later on that looked really nice. I mean, he... He was passing the ball well once he got past that. And I, I, I hope it's nothing other than just it's one of those situations. Had some nerves, and that kind of led to an errant throw, and Nathan Jerry gets an interception. Okay, so it's, it's you're right. It's spring football. We shouldn't get our panties in a wad over this. And you can nitpick all you want. How about the, how about the kicking game? You you got to block extra point. Got to. Uh, it was ugly. Yeah, but that's that's been not the norm for for Nebraska the last couple of years, or really for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and that's going to be something that's going to take a that's going to take a while. I, you know, it's it's one of these things where I I got I think they're really even still trying to figure out who's coach who's going to finalize coaching what on, on in the kicking game. I mean, that's something that I think needs to be addressed. It's. You look at last fall, I mean, geez, that was really worrisome last fall. I mean, and Nebraska had some awfully, awfully good kickers. I mean, kickoff specialists, the field goal extra point guys, the punting had been really good up until about a year or so ago. And, geez, it's kind of just completely has fallen off since then. And I don't know if there's a great answer for it. And unless it's a recruiting thing, you bring in a couple more guys, I don't know, go have a tryout so you can recruit one of the gals from the soccer team to come in and see if she can do better. <laughs> Colorado tried that. It never worked, remember? 
Yeah, that didn't turn out so well, but that was more non-on-the-field issues that I think <laughs> related there. Well, it didn't. Uh, Katie Nida. Remember Katie Nida? She was she was the kicker. And uh, yes, at, the, at the end of the day, she, she wasn't good enough to kick. That's what we have to remember. True. All right. True. I'm just saying <laughs> I, I'm just saying it, it's not a real strong-looking group that they've got down there right now. So you're comparing them to girls is what you're saying? No, I'm comparing them to poor kickers. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll give you that. I don't, want to, I don't want to insult the girls I know who know how to kick <laughs> a ball real well. All right, should we be worried about anything heading out of spring, or do we have to wait till fall to really kicking, decide? Kicking game's something I'd be worried about. All right. Um, I, I think the offense is going to get better. You know, you mentioned earlier the turnovers. That stuff will get cleaned up, or it will get cleaned up more so than it is now. It's been a weak spot for Nebraska for a couple of years, though, and it's something they're going to have to get cleaned up, but I think they will. The defense giving up all the rushing, giving up the rushing yardage and the touchdowns. Again, that's something that will get cleaned up as things go along here. Um, the kicking game is something I'd be worried about, though. That's something that has plagued Nebraska the last couple of years. You know, and it's you know you've seen a couple of situations last fall. I mean, one once in the Gator Bowl, once against John Blank, and I think it was. Uh, Northwestern, where instead of punting out of the end zone, they chose essentially to throw Hail Marys. Of course, the uh, the preseason magazines will start coming out soon. I, I don't think Nebraska is going to be ranked in the top 25 to start the season. They may be, uh, but it's going to be towards the bottom. They're probably going to be picked to finish probably third in, in their new division of the Big Ten. And, and Rob, I actually I think it's a good place for Nebraska. And what I mean by that, and before people start jumping through the their speakers and want to get mad at me, I think that is a place for them <laughs> to lay low and really sneak up on people. They don't have to go into a season with a bunch of expectations that may not be realistic. Here they can go in as maybe the underdog and quietly go about and take care of business. Their schedule's brutal. I mean, their schedule's brutal, and that's why they're going to be picked to finish third. If they had, if they had a, a schedule like Iowa, they'd be picked to finish number one in their division. They're going to be picked to finish third. They'll probably be outside the twenty-five, uh, outside the top twenty-five. But that, I think that's that's perfectly fine to just go about and 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 maybe take some of those early expectations off and, and take care of business early. I, I agree. I, I don't know how much pressure it caused last year, but I think last year there was a lot more expectation. Well, when, when the Omaha had, World Herald, but when the World Herald puts on the front page of the sports section, it's the scoring explosion all over oh. again. I mean, think about that. That was that's that's a lot of pressure to live up to. That that still annoys me from last year. It's just I saw that. I was just oh, you got to be kidding me. I mean, that one not a very good comparison to begin with. And and two, it's just you know, anytime you're sticking a quote unquote number two behind it, it's probably not a good comparison anyway. So you're, you're, I I wholeheartedly agree that I think you give these guys let let them come kind of sneak up on people, and it's you know if you have a loss or two their early mid season, it's not like you dashed these grand expectations like happened last year. He's Dr. Rob Zadiska. He's enjoying life in paradise because you live a, a yep. paradise life, yep, my friend. I am. I'm Travis it's Justice. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be me, Travis. <laughs> <laughs>
We're going to be on the air Friday night, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock on 1620 The Zone. It's the Ticket Express Doc Talk radio show. Until next week, have a great one, everybody. And we'll talk to you again on the Ticket Express Husker Doc Talk podcast.